Okay, hi guys. So we're hi with another episode. It's just me. Um, it's me, Jess, and I'm with Sally right now. And we are going to talk about women and their representation in media, meaning you know, TV and like movies and like our movie screens and that kind of stuff. And um on that note, we also wanted to point out and highlight um, a post made by one of our ambassadors on over-sexualization and, um, in media. So yeah, that's definitely a very informative post and we really hope that you guys choose to check that out on your own time. Um, without further ado, we will be discussing how um, kind of the representation that women have in media is very impactful, especially because, you know, whether we'd like to admit it or not, what we see on our TV screens really do influence our beliefs and they kind of burn into your brain when you're in that developing stage. Yeah, so the first thing we're gonna talk about is over-sexualization in media. So again, we have a post on this if you wanna check it out, Um, just more information that you can read. So go check that out on our Instagram, but let's talk about it a little. So it sort of began in the 1940s and 50s where they would have these pinup posters and they featured semi-nude actresses in sort of a provocative style. And while this is something that was more prominent in the 40s and 50s, we still see posters like this with women in not so modest outfits um, that are sort of conveying this sexual connotation um, quite often. So not that like women have to dress modestly, obviously, but a lot of these posters do convey like a sexual notion. So that's just something important to note. Um, and it was more prominent, it was in the 1940s and 50s because it was sort of a product of the times where like a woman's goal in those times was to be there for the man and run the household. And there wasn't much respect surrounding women. And that sort of thinking reflected in the media. Um, which only worsened the problem for women. So throughout time, women have been more likely to appear nude in movies than men. And that creates a lot of issues, specifically like devaluing women. Because um, when you as a woman um, see, when a woman sees other women um, in media nude often, um, not only are they like pressured to fit this perfect body because often you're going to see like a very fit a very thin woman um sort of like the perfect body which does promote like eating disorders insecurities depression those sorts of issues but it also creates a mentality of women being seen as sex symbols um and when people constantly see that in the media like that's sort of just the um, that's the name women get as sex symbols. So that's something we want to try to stray away from because it creates long-lasting damaging effects. Um, now, also, it's important to talk about how movies long ago and now have been and are made in the eyes of men, directed by men, made for men, which worsens the problem because the sensitivity towards women isn't there their needs, their wants, how they want to be represented in media isn't there, which causes all these issues of over-sexualization and um, uh, like a disproportionate amount of women being seen nude in movies because they're tailored towards men. And that's something we need to seriously think about um, doing our part to help stray away from because it's really damaging. So 
Yeah, that's that on over-sexualization. Okay, and um, I just wanted to uh, talk about kind of the tropes that um, portray women in many TV shows or movies. And a lot of tropes have kind of misogynistic undertones to it. For instance, there's the damsel in distress, which I feel like it's pretty self-explanatory because more often than not, there's always the big strong man swooping in to save that damsel in distress, which we all know in real life, it's just not true at all. And it, it really just spreads this message that women need to be saved. And that's not true because I find that more often than not in real life, I meet so much as I meet so many strong women who save themselves and who can save themselves. And yeah, that's one that I really want to point out because it's just so, I guess, not obvious, but like kind of, yeah, it's, that's, yeah, I just wanted to bring that one up first. And next we're going to move to like kind of more convoluted ones where it's not so obvious that there might be misogynistic undertones to it. Um, For instance, there's the manic pixie dream girl, which I see a lot in like the TV shows and movies that I've seen. And also like, I guess in other popular um, platforms such as TikTok, like there will, I will see a TikTok like mocking the trope, which is why I kind of wanted to point it out. Um, It's basically, it's kind of, it's really hard to describe, but essentially it's the idea that there's this like really quirky girl and she kind of helps guide this really grumpy guide, this really grumpy guy or the guy protagonist um, into finding this meaning of life. And really they're as described by many um, kind of sources and websites, which by the way, is we, as always, we always encourage you to do your own research, but the whole point of this manic pixie dream girl is to inspire men through her quirky nature and show the grumpy guy how to live life, which is how it's mainly described in these sources. Um, And another one that I also want to point out was this crazy ex-girlfriend trope. Um, Clearly there are many patriarchal like kind of connotations to it. um, And a lot of it's based on the, these assumptions about women and um, kind of their emotions. And it really makes it seem like as if women are just always in competition or um, obsessing over men, which obviously is couldn't be farther from the truth. And yeah, one more thing that I wanted to point out, not really so much as a trope, but kind of just a common occurrence that I saw a lot in the movies that I grew up watching. Or like, you know, like, like personally, like I love watching you know, those late 90s, early 2000s rom-coms. They're always my favorite types of movies and they're always like guilty pleasures of mine. And I always, I love watching them. But something that I've always noticed in them is like that one scene where like the main character, like the nerdy girl gets the ultimate makeover, which I, I like, I don't know. I just always like, I always find myself like rolling my eyes at that scene because like the main protagonist, like her glasses get taken off and her like hair gets like taken down from a bun and it's straightened and then suddenly like poof like this like big makeover and I just I don't it just always struck me the wrong way and I feel like that's just kind of it's not trope but it's more so of like an occurrence that I believe that 
like movies or TV shows should be really avoiding. And yeah, so Sally's going to kind of um, switch the topic and start talking more about like new, like the news and like kind of women's representation in news. Yeah, so I just wanted to like really harp on Jess's last point about the ultimate makeover because I think it's so damaging, like in light of what we were talking about before, of like damaging women, like to see that sort of perfect image of a woman, like straight hair, no glasses, like perfect teeth, like no braces, like it's just really damaging for young girls, like watching those movies, which is the audience of those rom-com movies. Um, and like we need to start appreciating women for like what they look like women and girls um, for what they look like naturally because like everyone has that beauty and there's not one beauty standard so I just want to say that but yeah now I'm going to talk about the news Um, so it is so important to talk about the news not just movies and tv because most young girls will grow up surrounded by news channels playing in their house just as any child um, because most adults you know will watch the news on a daily basis so that's especially like for me, like I've grown up looking at the news every morning when I come down for breakfast, like the news is on. So it's just something to focus on. Um, so I'm going to read you guys six statistics surrounding women in the news, and then I'll sort of explain them because I just think all of them are super important. So first, women only make up about 20% of expert news sources. Only 24% of the people in newspaper, television, and radio news are women. Only 4% of traditional news and digital news stories explicitly challenge gender stereotypes. Um, women are only the subject of political and governmental coverage 16% of the time, and only 6% of news stories highlight issues of gender equality or inequality. So these statistics represent women being neglected in another career field. Um, and this just holds so much weight because as I said, young girls will grow up with a constant stream of news channels playing in their house and seeing themselves not only underrepresented, but also not supported as like the statistics tell about gender inequality stories not being highlighted in the news. Um, it's gonna discourage them. It's inevitably gonna discourage them from going out, seeking their own success and realizing their true worth as women, stories aren't highlighted in the news and there is this um like disproportionate like I guess I don't know how to put it into words but just the fact that like the stories of gender inequality which are so huge as we always talk about are not highlighted in the mainstream news channels so that's really an issue yeah definitely and um kind of bridging off of that I kind of want to talk a little bit also about the pay gap um, obviously the pay gap or in regards to gender is like prevalent in many different fields, but just for the sake of sticking to kind of this topic, we're just going to discuss the wage gap between men and women in media, um, like in TV shows, movies, and as Sally was just talking about the news as well. Um, for instance, one thing that I remember reading about a while back is um, I found out that in Grey's Anatomy, which as some of you, well, I'm like, I'm assuming many of you know what Grey's Anatomy is, is considering it is a very popular TV show. But just in case you don't know, Grey's Anatomy stars um, Ellen Pompeo in her role as Meredith Grey. And essentially, it's about Meredith as she navigates her um 
intern resident and intern years, resident years, and kind of her journey to becoming a, a great doctor. And yeah, and um, also for those of you who didn't watch the show, um, it her main love interest for a majority of the show is played by Patrick Dempsey, um, and his character's name is Derek Shepard. And something that I really want to point out in relevance to the pay gap is that um, Patrick Dempsey was paid almost double Ellen, what Ellen Pompeo was being paid, even though Ellen Pompeo was playing literally like the main character like of the show, like she was playing Meredith Grey and the TV show was called Grey's Anatomy. Um, and wh- whereas Patrick Dempsey, though he played a very important role in the show, he didn't play the main character, he just played her love interest. And when, a, like when, the producers were addressed with like questions on why this was the case. They explained this just by saying that he had quote more TV experience. And yeah, I really want to point that out because I always found it really shocking. And I thought that it was really, um, it really exemplified just how deep this pay gap goes. Um, considering that Dempsey was paid almost double what Ellen Pompeo was paid. And while this issue of the pay gap, it definitely has improved in recent years compared to, you know, past years, but we should also acknowledge that it definitely hasn't been reduced fully. And in just not in just the U.S., like in countries, it's in other countries, it's way, it's like even bigger. And yeah. Yeah, so it's definitely also important to note that there are exceptions to this norm, which are shows and movies which feature strong women leaders and strong women roles. And those are ones that we want to watch and we want to promote those on social media and to our friends to spread that message to these impressionable young watchers, specifically girls, um, but also boys, you know, because we we talk a lot about girls and like their them watching um, these shows and these movies and how it affects them. But it also will affect boys if boys and men see themselves essentially reflected on the screen as these strong, powerful men, like saving these helpless women all the time. That's sort of going to be their internalized complex that they're going to grow up with. So it's important to note that we're not only talking about girls, but also young boys. Um, and those are the shows we want to we want to promote the shows that have these strong women leaders. Um, so that girls are also empowered to become powerful and strong and men are aware that girls are a powerful force um, and that they can be whoever they want to be and they don't have to fit this stereotypical women role or this body that women are supposed to have um, as seen in many movies and shows. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Just to reiterate, we really want to talk about this just because of how impressionable, you know, TV shows and movies and things we see on our TV screens can be on how we develop as a person because I know for sure me growing up watching those Disney like channel TV shows or Nickelodeon shows that I definitely grew up with expectations that I was very not happy to realize were not realistic. Me too. Yeah and just to kind of repeat what Sally said there are Definitely. While there are very, you know, harmful tropes um, in terms of kind of how society views women, there also are very many, very like a lot of 
strong females that are well written in TV. Like for instance, just to touch back on kind of the Grey's Anatomy discussion we were having, one character that I always felt was um, made me feel very empowered as a woman was Christina Yang. I think that she was very overall she was very beautifully written. Um, for oh, just by the ways, I guess spoiler alert. <laughs> For those of you who have not watched it or are planning to watch it and have not gotten up to these storylines but yeah um christina yang her character in the show she was kind of um depicted as someone who, as a she was a woman who did not want to have children and that was kind of her, that was a very big story arc for her and something that I've always admired about the way that she was written was that she did follow through with it and she did, you know, choose to follow her career instead of having children, which is something that isn't kind of represented enough because sometimes, and a lot of times, there are women who don't want to have children despite, you know, what society believes and kind of how, like, they, and the expectations that they have. Um, and really kind of the overall theme that I kind of want to touch upon was that there are positive female influences and characters written in our TV screens. And it is important to kind of highlight them and kind of follow the example that they show. And yeah, so, yeah. so this is our take on kind of women in representation in media and our TV screens. We are really glad that you decided to listen and if you made it this far, we are really happy that you decide to stay. And without, I guess, further ado, we'll be ending this episode here um, for the sake of time. But if you want to learn more kind of about this topic, we plan to do more Instagram posts on um, this exact subject. And not to forget, but we also are planning to come out with a website. And um, we are planning to release kind of posts and blog posts about this exact topic so if you're interested in it we really encourage you to not only just kind of find more about the topic on by yourself um, but to also visit our website and our posts about it so yeah thank you so much for listening and we'll see yeah. you next time in our next episode thank you bye guys bye guys <laughs>